Empires and Billy West. Or Stimson J. Cat or Lynn Hart. Shut up, you fool! And I'm Dr. Zoidberg, and I'm saying hello with Professor Hubert Farnsworth and your old Captain Zap Brannigan. You're listening to Two Broke Geeks. Joy! Come on, vengeance. Let's get into some trouble. Music. Okay, so that's my turn. Which one of you dumb sister fucking tiki torch carrying sloth from the Goonies looking pieces of shit wants to go next? For those of you waiting for the connecting flight to South Park, Colorado, my colleagues and I have just been informed that due to the severity of the COVID variant in that town, there may be a delay of another 40 to 50 years. Hey, look at that. Mine started right up this time. Sometimes it doesn't. Don't jinx it. <laughs> Shut up. Okay. Oh, man. So, all right. Let me just stretch. We've been going for double podcast recording now, so I'll get going. We're the big leagues. I guess so. Actually, this is my third one now this morning, so I'm Yeah, you need I'm to talk about that when we officially open. <laughs> I might. Why don't I officially open so that we can uh, get things going? Ah, this is, of course, you know, you downloaded it. This is Two Broke Geeks, and I'm Matt. I'm Justin. And we have another Matt with us here today. Matt Storm. He's a he's a fellow podcaster, fellow nerd. We just got done recording one of his several podcasts, and now he's here to, to record with us and talk about more nerd stuff. So, hi, Matt. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am a fan of the show. Uh, yeah, we just recorded an episode of CPOV Autographs. So this is like the part two. If you listen to that and then listen yeah, to this, well, it's like the well, wait two-parter. A minute. A wait a minute, episode. slow down. you got to tell everybody with CPO, uh, CPO uh, the, 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 I can't even say it. Could you please do it? I'm tongue-tied right now. <laughs> Sure. So uh, a Certain POV is a podcast network. We're at CertainPOV.com. And uh, all four of my podcasts, that's right, four. I host four of them. Um, all four of my podcasts are over there. I do Certain POV Autographs, which is uh, CPOV Autographs, which is a interview series, which I have these two lovely gentlemen on for. Um, I do Reignite, which is a Mass Effect retrospective podcast. We're playing through the whole franchise. We're currently on the fourth game, Mass Effect Andromeda. I do a broader uh, video game podcast called Fun and Games with my good friend Jeff. Um, and uh, that has a small sub-series within it called SideQuest, where each episode is a different host talking for 10 to 15 minutes about a game they love and why they love it, just kind of like a monologue about loving games. And then my last show is called Screen Snark, which is a TV and movie podcast I do with uh, the incredible Rachel Quirky Shank. And we bring a guest on every episode and talk about the most recent thing we've watched and then interview the guest. Um, I forgot to mention that my co-host on Reignite is Frankie Bradley, Bradley the Strange, uh, who is also an awesome human. And yeah, uh, the network's been around for quite some time now. And uh, I think my shows have been on there for three years, four years. I don't know. Time isn't no. real anymore <laughs> at this point. So it's hard, it's hard to keep track of. Um, but yeah, and I've been a podcaster for about uh, almost 10 years, which feels weird to say out loud. Um, let's not do any math, folks. Figure out how old I am. It's fine. Just just 
perceive me however sure. you will. Um, and I've been a DJ for almost as long, and uh, I'm a Twitch streamer. I do too much, guys. I just I, I I'm exhausted just talking about it. I'm exhausted listening to it, but that's okay. I understand. <laughs> I I just started my own third podcast. So. There you go. Yeah. I uh, oh yeah. I, uh, I'll I'll mention it. Justin told me to, and I am terrible at self promoting. But this one is super duper niche. I did just start a Christmas podcast. Um, uh, I I. No one could tell by looking at me right this moment, but people who know me know I, I do portray Santa Claus at Christmas time. Um, and I have a lot of friends who are Santas and I have a lot of friends who are into Christmas. So I, I'm interviewing a lot of my, my friends who are Santas. Uh, the very first official episode just came out today uh, with my, my friend and one of my mentors, Ed Taylor, who runs the Worldwide Santa Claus Network. Uh, the show is called North Pole Radio and you guys can find that everywhere except it's, it's not up on Spotify yet. I'm still trying to determine how I feel about Spotify and it's not on Google Podcasts Fair. yet because the the new server I am using to host North Pole Radio, I have to have a paid account to it's the only service I have to have a paid account to to submit to is huh. is Google, which is weird, but I am I I I only have a free one for now because it's not payday yet payday's tomorrow and then i'll have <laughs> so i will be on Go i will be on google <laughs> man yeah. you guys make me feel super like lazy feels like i need to find a way to start like another <laughs> podcast or something <laughs> <sighs> look i don't i don't advise it i besides the four shows i host i also produce a bunch of shows i edit other shows on it's certain so POV. much work like, i just i'm gonna work I'm a workaholic, and like if I I could do the whole oh it's too much work and it's so hard, but the reality is I love doing it. Podcasting has been yeah. my life for for a while, and uh, I've been a produ paid producer for a while. I mean, so you know, I mean, I guess I it is what it is because I uh, sometimes do podcast uh, interviews on Atomic Geekdom as part of it. Oh, which I should probably message Jenny about LARP, the LARPing one on Sunday. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Yeah. We're, <laughs> Forgot I guess, about that. Yeah, I should probably do more of that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, one thing I know you you two want to talk about quite a bit, and because you were talking about it before I, I even joined the Zoom call, but I want to get it on, on recording because I think it's fun. Is is you both are talking about the new Pokemon games, and I don't I I haven't played a, a Pokemon game since since you and I went running around with Pokemon Go. Yeah, but even then, even I, I think the only Pokemon games I've ever played was up through like yellow or green or something like that, just because I haven't had a Nintendo system in so long. So I didn't play any of the ones on, on um, like Game Boy Advance. Uh, no, I had a Game Boy Advance. What? It I don't know. I'm way out on Nintendo, but I do like listening to people talk about Pokemon. <laughs> Well, we were just saying, like, I haven't played it yet, but Matt Storm has. He's, like, already finished the main game, uh, and kinda, I was just more excited. I personally am just super excited, because, like most Pokemon fans, the biggest thing is what new Pokemon are going to be in it, and I'm just, Scyther is probably my favorite, next to Marowak. Uh, and so, to have him, he has, like, a new evolution where he's just uh he just replaces his scythe hands for giant rock like rock axes. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> oh my god. 
Pokemon design is always some of the weirdest and most ridiculous stuff, and it's kind of why I love it. Yeah, uh, Park Pokemon Legends Arceus, which as of when we're recording came out almost a week ago. Um, I've never played a Pokemon game this obsessively since maybe X and Y on the 3DS. Uh, it's Pokemon's always been a communal game. It's about trading sure. and battling. Though the new game is mostly single player. It's just you can trade with other people, but there's no battling other people. It's mostly a, a single player story. But what I love about this one is they've added so many quality of life things that just make the game easier to play and interact with and also changed a lot of the mechanics in a way that made it more interesting. Like Pokemon is a series, like a lot of other iterative series, that is mostly same from generation to generation. They make minor changes, they add mm -hmm. new Pokemon, they add a few minor quality of life upgrades. But this game plays unlike any other game in the series. And I think that's what's really exciting about it. Um, I've been playing video games since I was a little kid. Um, my first console was an Atari 2600. Um, if you don't know what that is, you're way too young. And why are you listening to this podcast? Um, no. Uh, but like, <laughs> the I've been playing games my whole life. And I've been a Nintendo fanboy my whole life. I've had every Nintendo console except the Wii U. Uh, mm. I skipped that gen. Um, and like, I just, I love my Nintendo Switch. There's something about like... I dreamed as a kid of having a handheld console that was also my home console that had graphics almost as nice as a home console. The fact that the Switch is plug and play and that you can play it in your lap and then play it on your TV is one of my favorite things. And most of the time when I'm at home, I just play it in handheld mode. I just sit on the couch and just kind of vibe and play it. And, and it's become one of my favorite consoles, though I play games in other places. And so I've, I've just become really obsessed with this new Pokemon huh. game. Um, I have already sunk 40 hours into it in a week which is unheard of <laughs> i never play a game that much mostly because i usually also don't have the time um and i prefer shorter indie games just because if i can play a game for 10 hours and be done great let's move on let's oh, go to the wow. next thing okay i uh there's this th there's this there's this thing that has been going around games twitter is like i want shorter games with worse graphics that take longer to come out so people have more time to make them because i just i feel like like i love a hundred hour rpg like anybody else but i don't know about you two but nope. i don't have a hundred hours to play nope. anything so like the, the shorter the game the more likely i am to actually oh, try the, it uh, yeah, yeah I, it's been i agree with the the thing you just said about games twitter though where it's like ah with all we've been learning about uh the gaming industry and the way it treats its employees and everything like that it's like i am yeah. perfectly happy to wait like make sure you're game yes. and of course i i don't game as much anymore i've i i've gotten real frustrated with with purchasing a game and then having uh -huh. to go oh wait now it needs an update like why didn't you finish your game before you put it out <laughs> like why you know just i don't know and plus i just when we when we talk about time it's one of those things that like i don't i think the last game i played all the way through was uh maybe the uh yeah i think it was the fractured butthole south park the fractured butthole um because i Fun did game. start playing jedi fallen order and i actually never finished it now that i think about it you and still haven't finished that game <laughs> no i never finished it i never picked it back up i liked it just fine but like it, it I'm, you know, I devote so much time to movies and comics and and stuff that like I just kind of end up not gaming as much. Yeah, um, 
we were talking on Matt's podcast, uh, like the the last game I, f- I mean, I did play the Guardians of the Galaxy game as well, and I love that game. There were some like technical glitches that I was just like, yeah, whatever. But because sure. of the way of the world and stuff, those game that and like Ghost of Tsushima were games that I was just happy that I actually had the time that I could sit down and kind of play through. Um, right now, I picked up uh, Deathloop. Um, that one I don't know. It's okay. it's a weird one. I kind of got it more as a I wanted a game to play that was kind of simple uh, until mm. uh, until the next Horizon uh, for when Horizon Forbidden West comes out next week because I love I love the first Horizon Zero Dawn game. Like it's probably one of my favorite mm-hmm. of the that was like the, of the PlayStation Four console games, um, so so I pre-ordered the the new one. And Deathloop is just kind of like a running gun shooting game from like Bethesda. That the whole mm. premise is you die or you finish a level, but then you have to restart the same day because there's like different missions and stuff. So it's very repetitive, but. It's short. Like, I can pick it up and go, like, be like, okay, I'm going to do three levels where I have to go kill a person, and then I can put it down. It's this very simple game that's easy to pick up and put down at any point, whereas some games I, like, put down for, like, a week, come back to, and I have to relearn all the mechanics for, and it pisses me off. (laughs) Oh! Oh, yeah. Yeah, a game that I can play in tiny chunks is is always my preference um any game that doesn't uh um punish me for not remembering every little detail um i think also get all games should have an easy mode because accessibility is important in the mm. games industry but that's not going to get on that soapbox <laughs> right now might as well because uh, i like, easy like mode sometimes too <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i i th- one of the things that i'll never forget that turned me off of the new wolfenstein game which i was excited to play because who doesn't love shooting nazis um is that they like they call the air easy mode baby mode and i'm like yeah but also there are people with disabilities who don't have the hand eye coordination who want to play yeah, these games it, they're it, not babies they just they like it's 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 stupid to, to to restrict that kind of stuff look i get the dark soul scene i get why people love those games but if they give an easy mode they don't won't take away your original mode that you can play still just play that, the game in. some I fools just, like me what? who who aren't like i'm <laughs> not a hardcore gamer that's like if i'm gonna play a game i like just sitting down and and being able to accomplish stuff not that i demand that i yeah. be able to do it all immediately and have no struggle with the game at all but like i i, I don't necessarily want to die 600 times trying to the only game i ever rage quit in my life was uh kingdom hearts re chain of memories um Ugh, was it chain, chain of, of memories, memories? such a rough it's game the one it, that's the one it, the, car- <laughs> the card game <laughs> yes i hated i hated that game and i got pretty close to the end too but i reached this weird point where because anybody that's played it knows the only moves you can make are based on these cards you collect throughout the game and you can only use each card once well i got to this point in the game where there was a double boss battle you fought the boss you defeated them and then immediately another one started right back up but i had i'd gotten rid of every single good card i had fighting and i could not 
could not <laughs> defeat that second person because I could not, no matter what I did, trying to defeat the first person, I couldn't save enough good cards to do enough moves on the right. second person. And I didn't have a chance to run around and rebuild my deck after I defeated that first person. So it's like, what is the point of this? Why did you build this this way <laughs> if I can't move on? And I never finished that game. I was like, screw this. <laughs> I have. It's funny. I have a secret for you, Matt, to tell that we should only share with every listener, anyone who will listen. There's no such thing as a hardcore gamer or a casual gamer. It's just people who that's play true. video games. Mm -hmm. Like that's my, that's that's my biggest thing. But but you're speaking language that we're taught mm -hmm. to speak within the games community because most gamers are idiots. And you can come for me if you want. But it's, the truth is, it's like, it's this idea that you have to be a kind of gamer to play games. No. All games should be accessible to everybody. I mean, you don't have to like everything, and that's fine. But to specifically gatekeep difficulty just doesn't no. make a lot of sense to that's me. So weird. Um, and and so it's just very weird to me. And you know, I understand that people are passionate about these different games for different reasons. But I think adding more accessibility options that you don't have to take doesn't hurt the. It's like we talked about on on our episode of uh, CPOV autographs with nostalgia right adding accessibility options doesn't ruin the experience if you don't use them it's not destroying your experience you still can have your same yeah. experience and still let other people in on that experience so yeah it's it seems very silly and i also am someone who like i like a challenge in games the newest metroid that came out on on the switch i'm a big diehard metroid fan and those games are genuinely challenging but i loved that challenge and i had a blast but I don't always want to be challenged. Yeah. And so I just, I think more accessibility options across the board is a good thing. Mm. Uh, and uh, quickly to comment, Justin, I only played Hor Horizon uh, Zero Dawn for the first time last year. I didn't love the gameplay, but I loved the story. And so I am excited for Forbidden West. It does look very good. I mean, it's a gorgeous, but first game was gorgeous and the second I one looks even me, better. So yeah, I, that, I love the game love. just because if you, you tell me, hey, you're going to fight robot animals. I'm like, Yes. Uh, yeah, totally. Uh, but also, yeah. it's um, it, it's one of the few games I. It's a. This is a weird thing for me, but it's. All, I am also a white male. Uh, I I don't play female uh, characters very often, uh, and I love Aloy's story. In uh, uh, it, and I just think she's just. It's like uh, it was one of those games where like, it's a. I compare it to my experience playing the uh, the Witcher 3 I can pick up mm -hmm. Horizon Zero Dawn and because of I mean it might be because of my joy of it doesn't matter when or where I can pick it up I can understand the controls super simple open world put me wherever I need to go kind of deal I will play the Witcher for a couple days put it down for like a week pick it back up mm -hmm. and I immediately am pissed off because there's just too many button mechanics. There's too much you have to figure out. Yeah. And I'm just like, I get so bored. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do this. But, uh, like, the game right now, I, I was super big on, I was super excited for Cyberpunk. And I never got a chance to buy it mm -hmm. or play it because of all the stuff that happened with it. Um, so I never had that. Yeah. I mean, that was the game I was super excited for. Um, but right now, it's pretty much just Horizon Zero Dawn until at least they put out the remasters of the Dead Space games. And then that's going to take my entire life. <laughs> <laughs>
Nice. Justin, I know what I've been meaning to ask you since I know you liked this game a lot. Did you see the trailer for the Cuphead television show that's coming out? Yes. <laughs> uh, it, oh, that I love really the good. animation style. I know Wayne Brady is the voice of King Dice. Uh, I just love the nice. Fleischer style kind of cartoony look of the whole thing. It's so entertaining. I, yeah. That game pisses me off and I love it so much at the same time. Uh, and I, 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 it's one of those games where I should probably re pick it back off because I never got off the second island, um, because of the stupid genie. Um, but <laughs> the show looks really cool. Uh, I'm very excited about it because it definitely looks like something that even if you don't play the game, you can easily watch it and understand what's happening. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's funny that we have this Fleischer era game that was hand-drawn and then animated into a video so game cool. which is still mind-blowing to me and and then it came back around and is now a fleischer style cartoon that seems to have like ren and stimpy influence as well with the humor and like i just i love how kind of circular media has become mm -hmm. like like for example we were talking a lot about on my show superheroes and how it's comics to movies to tv shows to video games back to comics like the fact that the Spider-Man for PS4 white, red, and blue suit shows up in, in into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Like, all of these things are just bleeding together, and I kind of really love the overlap, and that, like, you can find a kind of entertainment and then engage in it with your favorite things, regardless of now what media Now I just need Batman in. Gotham Knights to come out. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, that game... Uh, that game is this year... If they don't it's push the it back, the end of I this think? year, I believe. Yeah, the end of this year. If they the rumored you know. release is the end of this year. Yeah, they, though I have a sneaking suspicion it might I'm get pushed back. I'm so fine with games being pushed back if they if it means that they don't do Same. that horrible crunch time thing that they do to and because um, agreed because two years ago now they announced kill the just uh, suicide squad kill the justice league which uh also that wasn't even scheduled to come out anytime soon and i'm like that's fine just work on it as long as you need i'll be here i still don't have a ps5 even so i'll be here when whenever the game <laughs> I'm gonna comes find out, you just... one one way or another <laughs> i know the other thing will just be being able to afford it <laughs> yeah sure oh well those things don't get cheaper, no. that's for sure. Anyway, uh, let's talk about Book of Boba Fett for this week since uh, yes. that's our... We, we would normally talk about this week's Peacemaker, but we won't because uh, Matt hasn't had a chance to see Peacemaker yet. So, But he has been watching uh, Book of Boba Fett and everybody is talking about Book of Boba Fett online, so we might as well talk about it too. <laughs> and it was good again this week. Sure, yeah. But... Um, <laughs> That's that, I mean I uh, that's where I'm gonna start. It was really good again this week. Anybody else can jump in and, and the, anytime. I don't. The, I mean, that we Matt and I we were talking about the other day. Uh, the only downside of this episode, uh, and it's such um for me it's a minor, uh, thing, is the voice of Mark Hamill, uh, as mm -hmm. young Luke is so jarring. Because it feels overdubbed yeah. of everything else. So it kind of feels the, out of yeah. place. I'm just like, come the, on, guys. Just, just the digital de-aging technology is an interesting thing that has arisen in the past few years. 
Uh, but it's also uncanny and weird. Like a lot of the times we've seen it to date has been um, for short periods of time. Like they used it a little bit in one of the Ant-Man movies. They used it a little bit in one of the Avengers movies. Mm -hmm. And so this is really focusing on Mark Hamill for a big chunk of time. And it looks good. Like there's nothing wrong with it necessarily, but it's also really uncanny because in your brain you're like, yeah, but that's not what Mark Hamill looks like now. That's what Mark Hamill looked like in the 80s. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I was saying to my spouse, though, that when he's sitting still with Grogu, it looks really mm -hmm. good. Like, it hadn't, I don't think it looked that good to date. And so I was really impressed with that. But as he's doing more movement and walking around, it's harder to keep the digitization mm -hmm. to looking clear. Um, I unabashedly have said this online Boba Fett has been one of my favorite characters since I was four years old so I've loved this show from the start but I can understand how people might not enjoy the pacing I mean I also loved Arrow and like the first three episodes pretty much had the pacing of Arrow on the CW like a little bit in the present mm -hmm. and a little bit in the past the the third episode was mostly in the past yeah. I believe but like I like where the story's going. I, I love Boba Fett as a character, but also the giddy joy over the last two episodes of being centered around the Mandalorian and loving that first that season, that first season so much. Like it's fun to be reunited with those characters. Um, I cannot get enough of uh, of um, Amy Sedaris as the mechanic <laughs> character so whose name I can't remember. She's just yeah. so good. She's so great, and I I could watch a whole series of just her. Um, but like. I just, I love seeing, what's interesting about this last week's and then this week's is like we're seeing more sides of the Mandalorian that previously were only in the extended universe mm -hmm. and in the books, but now they're bringing it to light in the TV show. And I really, I've loved Mandalorians and the Mandalorian culture for, for years and years from that stuff. But to see it brought into the canon story, uh, take that as you, will, as you will, and see it in the show has been really great. And like, I just I think that the acting, even in the not the lesser great episodes, are still great. I could watch Ming Na Wen do literally mm. anything. She's ageless and incredible, yeah. and I love this like later career badassery from both this and then Agents of Shield. And so, like I could watch. I, I love that about it too. And I like how Dave Filoni is really pulling in everything that he's worked so hard on, bringing characters from the cartoons into yeah. live action and vice versa. Like. I think that's really brilliant, and so I, I really enjoyed this episode. I thought it was Matt and it was I talk really a lot because uh, our knowledge of Star Wars is all over the place. Like our, especially like uh -huh. my knowledge is majority the movies, and then uh -huh. Star Wars: The Clone Wars, and then Mandalorian and Boba Fett. That's pretty much the extent of my knowledge. So like we we rag on Boba Fett a lot uh, because our main <laughs> knowledge of Boba Fett is. He's the, he's a bounty hunter who didn't do anything, and Vader gave him Han Solo, and then his his blind, uh, then Han Solo being blind shoots Boba Fett in the backpack, and he flies into the Starlight Pit, and that's it. Like, and I know he has like yeah. this full rich background and stuff, but and so it's always weird. But then I feel like I'm contradicting myself because I watch, the, especially with this new episode. They put in fucking Cad Bane, and I geeked the fuck yeah. out because <laughs> I yeah, love Cad, Cad Bane. Bane. <laughs> well, and it's 
and I don't even know uh, Cad Bane beyond appearance because I haven't seen uh, Clone Wars or, or whatever one he was in. I haven't seen that, but I know him by appearance just because he's, you know, I've seen him on the internet and I've seen his action figures and everything. So even I, when that form in the most recent episode starts walking out of the desert, I go, wait a minute, is that Cad Bane? Because that's really yeah. cool. <laughs> Yeah, I also love that Timothy Oliphant in the last five years has just been Timothy <laughs> yep. Oliphant and everything. And like he was great, he was great in Mandalorian. I was it was great to see him back again. He's essentially playing his character from Justified, but in Star Wars, which is fine by me. Um, so like, but yeah, no, Cad Bane is a character that I also I haven't seen enough of the cartoons. I, I've seen images of, mm -hmm. but when I saw him, I was like, I think that's him. And what's really great is he's. Voiced at least by his voice actor. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he's I don't the one in so. the makeup, but it's like it's his, but it's his voice, and I love that kind of crossover. Like I think it was really cool that Ahsoka is being played by Rosario Dawson, who's also doing a really great mm -hmm. job. Like to see these characters from animation come to life in in live action, and I think my favorite thing about Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett, especially is the return to practical effects. Like Grogu, in this episode specifically, in two shots, I think, was CG. Yeah. And everything else was puppeteering. And it just, when Grogu coos mm -hmm. as a puppet, it warms my heart in a way that a computer-generated Yoda, who was still very expressive in the prequel trilogy, just didn't do the same thing for me. But when we saw Yoda return in the, in the sequel trilogy as a mm -hmm. puppet, it's like, I got that warmth again. You just can't fake that kind of character design. Or like we were talking about on my show, they have a giant Rancor yeah. puppet. That's <laughs> so cool. Like, it's just so cool to see on yeah, screen. I agree. And it's weird when CGI characters don't look right because we also have all seen CGI characters that are really, really good. Like, um, I mean... Thanos in the Avengers movies was nothing but CGI yeah. and he looks great you know in your in your yeah. mind you know he's an animated character but at the same time like you just accept that he's there on screen you accept that he's yeah. he's real that he's just Thanos but then <laughs> I can't get over those friggin' huts, man. Like then you look at the huts on that set yeah. and you're like, they're not there. And I don't know what that, I don't know if yeah. that is a budget thing. I don't know if that's a time thing. I don't know if it's a combination of those things, but it's weird to me. The only when thing it's like can... when you, oh, sorry, yeah. Yeah, you keep going. Oh, I was going to say when you know that what is possible versus what sometimes they produce and I, I just I'm always like where's that disconnect going on <laughs> well the only way I can like defend the fact that they did the CGI Boba Fett's was because they just really wanted that juxtaposition of them being carried around by their slave mm. driver by the slaves so sure. it's like a heavy ass puppet uh, on top of a pedestal. Sure, that could it's be. It's going to weigh way more than a, just like two ping pong balls that people look at that hovers above it. <laughs> that could be. Right. I mean, the show has good CGI yeah. mm -hmm. in it too, though. Like all the droids that Amy Sedaris yeah. works with, they're all they're all cgi like even uh the bd droid i don't think it's bd1 yeah, it's but BD it's a bd droid, droid yeah. which is which famously created for uh the fallen order game like looks great it moves you see the sand move like it looks like a little dog it's great like 
So they can do it. I think it's just harder when it's living things. The droids have always looked, in my opinion, yeah. much better in CGI because they're not... They're mechanical. They're yeah. not organic, yeah. uh, if that makes any sense. Um, that does make sense. But yeah, this week I was I was pretty, pretty happy. Um, although I still... I still don't understand the overall show. I... I like those first three episodes, like I kind of was like, okay, they're trying to explain like who he is now. They're trying to explain that, and that stuff with the sand people uh, in the flashbacks, I thought was you know not bad. But then they would jump back to this this present timeline, and I'd be like, what is going on here? Like, why is any of this happening? How does how does this connect to his? his time in the past and then when they were finally starting to getting around to explaining that they kind of went oh never mind we have to go over here now and do these two episodes of the mandalorian in the middle of our boba fett show (laughs) and and now there's only one episode left and in my mind i'm like how does this come together like what is the climax of this show that i'm still not entirely sure what the plot is the climax is mandalorian (laughs) three i mean i mean this is a spinoff of the mandalorian it's meant to bridge the gap between Mandalorian season one and two. We're no, we know we're getting a second yeah. season. I third think, season. I think it's trying to do a third. lot at once. Yeah. Third season, yeah. Uh, I think it's trying to do a lot at mm-hmm. once. Um, I don't mind getting many, you know, I, I, there was an episode and a half of The Mandalorian focused uh, quite a bit on, on Boba Fett. And so I, I don't mind getting the other side of that. But I, it does, it, it, I like it, but it seems weird to have two almost complete Mandalorian episodes yeah. within Book mm-hmm. of Boba Fett. Um, but but it's a spinoff, and they can do yeah. as they will. And, I mean, the first time you heard the Mandalorian's theme before we even saw him, I was like, oh, oh goody. Like, I know where this yeah, is here going. Yeah, um, The music in The Mandalorian is still unrivaled. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. It, do, it does seem like a weird story. But also I like a slow burn. Like, I, I liked WandaVision a lot. Oh, yeah. I liked Loki a lot because they took their time. Mm-hmm. And, like, what I'm hoping is episode seven like wraps everything up and pulls everything together because that's what WandaVision, you know, the spa- the flying witch battle aside, which was my yep. least favorite part, <laughs> pulled the threads together in a really interesting way. And so I'm hoping that Boba Fett does that mm. too. I don't know if it will, but I'm hoping it does. Yeah, pretty well, much. Considering there's like three or four other Star Wars shows that are coming, uh, and I don't know exactly yeah. if they're all going to take place on the same kind of timeline. Uh, or or They've got to be around I, it because there's... Yeah. The Ahsoka show that is supposedly being developed, mm-hmm. uh, Kenobi, which is mm-hmm. not. Pr- uh, I would Kenobi struggle. Would be further Kenobi back. won't. Yeah, Kenobi's going to be further back yeah. in time, so that won't. Yeah, hmm. I'm, I'm really telling looking you. forward to Kenobi though. Oh man. Yeah, I mean, I love Ewan McGregor, and I loved his version of Kenobi. I thought that he did a great Alicanus impression, and like. He's the highlight of that prequel uh-huh. trilogy is 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 his acting and his character. And so to see him step back into that role is really exciting. And I'm curious, but I'm curious what narrative they're going to tell, right? Like, is it going to be after he's delivered Luke and Leia to their prospective mm-hmm. families? Is it going to be like, it's just, I'm, I don't, you know, I haven't also read a lot of the extended universe and I've seen most of the Clone Wars series, but not all of it. So I'm just curious what they're going to tell that we haven't seen. Like, because it's obviously got to be post-Clone Wars as well. Well, Hayden Christensen um, is going to so be there as as Darth Vader. 
and Anakin Skywalker in that series. Yeah. So there's there's something there, and I I don't like you said I don't know what the timeline is going to be, but in my head I yeah I think the most likely is is a while Luke is still a child on Tatooine kind of thing, and yeah I I kind of showing us that maybe Obi Wan wasn't just hanging out just spying on Luke over the dunes like a creepy old man the entire right. time. <laughs> but no, I, uh, uh, I, I'm not, I will, I bet he's going to team up with Max Rebo, our favorite jizz whaler, uh, and they're going to go on magical adventures. I will not, oh, I will not shut up about the fact that they have a character that is a jizz whaler. <laughs> no, no, that is the... So yeah, that is music. the funniest thing. It's that is the funniest thing they ever did. No, no, he doesn't play jazz. He plays jizz. <laughs> yes. <and it's> like... <laughs> jizz. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's yeah, everybody? I mean, what are you? Yeah. yeah oh, I was, I was just say, gonna say. Like, what is it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I have some comics on hold. I still need to get my hands on. Um, I know I have like. There's a new DC character that got introduced this week called the P- the Monkey Prince. Excuse um, me, what? The the monkey prince, or Prince Monkey? Oh, I don't know which one it is. He's a he's a new uh, superhero in the DC universe that is a monkey that turn a man that turns into a monkey. I think. Uh, I have to look it up again because uh, because it's I'm it's uh, Prince Mon- Monkey. Uh, talk amongst yourselves. Hang oh, up. I was going to say, well, yeah. while you do that, I did start reading a comic series that I had heard was really good, and I'm just late to the party on it, but thank goodness for Marvel Unlimited, I started reading The Immortal Hulk, and I don't know if anybody mm, uh, nice. listening has read Immortal Hulk, maybe you have, maybe you haven't, but it is so good, it is... Um, <laughs> Uh, got some horror imagery I didn't expect necessarily to see in a in a mainstream title. Uh, it's kind of a cross between uh, a horror story and a very very personal story. But the 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 gist of Immortal Hulk is Bruce Banner can die, but the Hulk can't. So Bruce Banner is assumed dead. But he's not because the Hulk has has come back. And every time the Hulk emerges after Bruce dies, Bruce obviously comes back to life. And it's a kind of a story about him struggling with the fact that he himself, even though he can painfully die and does multiple times, uh, the Hulk is always like, and we're back. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) just the 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 existential horror involved in that of of the Hulk essentially becoming smarter and stronger than Bruce Banner because uh, Bruce Banner when he dies like if he if he dies like from being shot through the head he doesn't necessarily come back all the way from that like he's still a very smart person but he he starts to realize that he doesn't know all the things he used to know and stuff like that so it's a hell of a book. <clears throat> So yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Monkey Prince is a kid who becomes a monkey who has martial arts and the powers of an ancient, uh, a- an ancient g- monkey god who is now who and he himself is friends with Billy Batson. 
Oh well, that explains. Uh, okay, yeah, I was gonna say is. that explains everything. It's part of the Shazam universe. Yeah. Shazam is the one first, of those things. The first issue is he fights Batman. I guess Shazam is one of the things huh. that is not for me. Yes, I don't know. I saw that and I was. I haven't read it yet. It's sitting at work right now. Uh, that and uh, probably an issue of the new Spider-Man series I just started called Savage Spider-Man. Because hmm. why not? There's like 500. Spider-Man titles that are out right now. <laughs> yeah. That figures. They might as well just have one more. Yeah. Uh, I did see something this I saw something this morning though that Spider-Man and Wolverine and the Hulk and somebody else are going to be the new Fantastic Ghost Four. Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. That's Ghost Rider. They're bringing they're putting that team back together. So weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Matt, what do you what do you what do you read for when you read comics? What are your do you have go to titles or go to characters or? So so I'm unfortunately uh, criminally behind on most comics, but uh, I mean I've read a variety of stuff. I grew up reading a lot of DC because my dad had these omnibuses of um, Superman, mm. Batman, and Green Lantern. I think the first hundred issues, and so I read those over and over again. Mm -hmm. It's why Hal Jordan is my favorite Green Lantern. I know I'm very okay, basic, me too. but it's okay. I still. I, um, but, uh, but, you know, and then with Marvel, I loved Venom, the Lethal Protector. I loved Ultimate Spider-Man, you know, uh, Amazing Spider-Man. Um, I think Ultimate Spider-Man is some of the it's best, so good. you know, we're talking on my show a little bit about Miles uh -huh. Morales. Like, it's some of the best storytelling in Spider-Man, uh -huh. and I think the way they... Like the way they and Spider Verse got this perfect on screen. I think the way they portray Peter Parker, I was a little different, and how he's you know he's been doing this a long time, uh -huh. and you know how Miles steps up. I just think all of it is really interesting, and I loved. I think I had the first fifty issues of Ultimate Spider Man. I had I can't remember, um, but like also the different you know yeah. how Venom appears in Ultimate Spider-Man versus the original. Like, I think it was a creative left turn for them. Um, you know, I read a, a bunch of the run of Kamala Khan. Um, I, I love her version of Miss Marvel. I think it's really fascinating and really interesting and really different. Um, you know, I haven't read a lot of modern stuff. I was reading, um, uh, what was it? Uh, the Walking Dead for a while, and then I fell off. Um, I just got digital copies of the first two collections of Invincible, oh, okay. which I've already seen the TV show mm. of. And I loved the TV show, so I'm looking forward to reading the comics, which I hear are very different, but in a good it's way. And too, that yeah. the, the, the show captures the spirit of the comics, but still does its own thing. Um, and, and I think that that's, that's really, so I'm excited to check that out. Um, I want to read more comics, but just with, in the in the order of things that I value, they are sure. at the bottom. I just I'm a video game person, a movie person, a music person, and like I try to keep up with them. But like also, not having a box at our local comic yeah, shop yeah. anymore, it's just hard to keep what? up with the weekly stuff. But I love picking up collections and omnibuses when I can. Um, I loved the Matt Fraction run of Hawkeye. Hawkeye is one of my favorite heroes. Um, I loved the Hawkeye TV show, even though it strayed from those comics. Aww. I love the inspiration it took. Um, and I, I've been meaning to reread. I don't own any more copy of the Matt Fraction run, but I'm I'm hoping to pick it up and reread it because I really loved that run. I thought he did such a great job with those characters and with Kate. Um, 
And so that's like some a broad a broad view of some of one thing that we've talked about a lot though is because we're not neither one of us is really up on on modern comics either modern comics publishing especially weekly I gave up weeklies a long time ago I started doing just uh, trade Mm -hmm. paperbacks um, and then I have now switched even away from trade paperbacks I just have Marvel Unlimited in DC Universe now. Because one of the things that modern comics doesn't seem to be interested in, and I don't know why, because it's an industry that is always saying how it struggles for sales and struggles to gain an audience. They seem to neither be interested in gaining a new audience or retaining their old audience because they (laughs) change things an awful lot now. And they do it frequently. Like they keep dropping titles and going back to number ones and switching up teams and everything. And it's like you're not retaining... You're, I know I know guys personally that are are huge Batman fans that dropped the main Batman title they're like this book is garbage like we don't want to re- dropping the dropping Batman when you are a Batman fan is a very bad sign for your book when Batman fans are dropping the Batman title because it's not good. <laughs> so yeah. it, you're not alone, I don't think. I think the modern industry is really struggling to find where it, what its place is in, in the digital yeah. age and the movie age. And it, it does make me sad, but it also makes me glad that they, they did put out things like Marvel Unlimited and DC Universe because there's back issues and it's kind of easier to go back for anybody that, that wants to find a starting place, which is the other thing with the comics industry, because that's part of the reason they always go back to number one. They're like, oh, if we put number one on an issue, somebody will be able to jump in. And it's like, no, because you're you're putting number one on that issue, but starting that issue with a whole bunch of backstory from the you know, you just ended at issue 50 a few months ago or whatever. So. Yeah, uh, I flip-flop a lot. Like, I talk about a lot. I do still buy single issues, but only of stuff that's very inter- I find interesting. And most of the time, it's a lot of image or small publisher books. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're very... Like, I strongly recommend, if you can find a copy of the graphic novel Stray Dogs. Um, I fucking love okay. that book so much. Uh, or haha, uh, because they're just sing- they're just one graphic novel. That's it. Um, mm-hmm. But what yeah. Matt said, it's funny because like I have one Marvel series that I'm reading issue by issue, and that's their their event story, Devil's Reign, which I'm very intrigued mm-hmm. with everything that's going on with it right now. However, uh, like I mentioned a little earlier, they're I think next month or the month after, they're putting out a new number one Spider-Man book, like a new issue number one, and they just start, and this week, Savage Spider-Man came out as a number one. The week before that, they just put out a number one for Ben Riley's Spider-Man um, because of the what they're doing with... I, I try to stay up to date with a lot of the more modern books, Spoiler alert, mm-hmm. Spider-Man's in a coma for some reason right now. Um, okay. But they're like, they're, there's so much happening. I was talking with someone the other day because they're a diehard Wolverine fan. And they're like, I haven't read comics in a while and I want to read the new stuff right now. And I just started laughing. I'm like, well, do you want new or do you want current? And he's like, what's the difference? I'm like, well, right now they're doing a 10-week 
uh, story that's alternating between two books called X Lives of Wolverine and X Deaths of Wolverine. And it's <laughs> and so it's literally each other week. It's one of those books for ten weeks, um, and it is insane. And it, the story makes absolutely no sense. Wolverine's going back in time to certain points in mutant culture uh, where Omega Red, uh, Omega Reds are just there trying to murder things. It's bizarre and it's so hard yeah. for me to talk to someone who wants to get into comic books and be like well this is what's happening but if you want like current stuff like we have a couple of like graphic novels i recommend kind of thing and i do the same thing like i do i matt i also just started uh the hulk series last night yeah um because i've heard nothing but great things about it but that the marvel app and the dc app save save my ass for wanting to read a bunch of stuff but a little the dc is kind of shooting themselves in the foot a little bit because uh i there's a new peacemaker book out and it's mm. real it's a black label book and it's really yeah good. that's oh it's good thing you brought up black label black label i think is the one that it's it's mature audience only it's like their their new vertigo label or whatever um Mm-hmm. But I think that is a good place where if you want to read comics, but you don't want to get too invested because all the Black Label series are uh, limited. They're, you know, three, four okay. issues yeah. a piece. And some of them so far uh, have been pretty good. Uh, I heard uh, I heard uh, Batman Damned was only okay, but like... That's because um, everyone was focused on getting the... The issue Bruce with Wayne's dick penis. in the yeah the one with Bruce Wayne's dick in it yeah um, yeah anyway you were saying about the peacemaker the, book I was just saying the peacemaker I don't know if this is DC kind of just shooting themselves in the foot because of the success of the TV show they made a black label book and I don't know if it's like supposed to be an Elseworld story or something but it's a very different peacemaker than the one we're seeing this one has a completely different origin story. Uh, he talks about how he's a very in, he's a very intelligent, um, very serious, stoic kind of character. He's like he's ahead of the game in this whole issue the entire time, and and I'm like, well, I don't know what you're trying to pull because everyone who's walked who doesn't know the character is going to be picking this up expecting John Cena, Peacemaker, and it's very jarring right now that. DC has taken this weird turn with it's not it's they've done it with a couple other characters as well um, where it's not all unified so it's like movie comic like it all fits together like Harley Quinn does with movies TV and, and like it always fits with her no matter what whether it's, yeah, it's just right. such a bizarre like twist and I know that there's there's like people who are gonna come in pick up and it's already happened where they're like who is this? This isn't Peacemaker. <laughs> well, I, I think that um, I think that happens a lot with adaptations, though, because I think if anybody uh, like Matt earlier on his show was talking about the difference between the uh, comic, more comic ver- accurate version of Star Lord versus the Chris Pratt yeah. Star Lord or um, Tony Stark in comic books until Robert Downey Jr. played Iron Man 
Tony Stark was nothing like the Robert Downey Jr. Tony Stark. And I think in the comics, uh, after that version became really popular, they shifted who Tony Stark was. But if anybody wants to go back and read older issues of an Iron Man comic, they're going to come across a very different character than Robert Downey Jr. So um, it, it was like something, it, it was an argument I was having the other day online. Not really an argument. I guess that's not the right way to put it. It turned out to be a pretty decent and civil discussion on Twitter, which is a weird thing to say, but it's true. It <laughs> happened. It does um, happen once in a while. Somebody was saying that they they couldn't believe that so many people interpreting Batman or writing Batman didn't understand Batman. And I said, Batman's 80 fucking years old. Like, what do you mean under, don't understand Batman? Batman is not and hasn't been one thing for so many years. Like, you can't have a character that's yeah. 80 years old and have it be one thing. Like... You may have your idea of what Batman is, but that's not the same as my idea of what Batman is. That's not the same idea as what Grant Morrison's idea of what Batman is, because Grant Morrison wrote some of the most far-out Batman stories that have ever been written versus Frank Miller's idea of what Batman is. So it was, it's this yeah. whole thing where, like, these characters, uh, it's hard to say what they are, you know, because yeah. they're just... Yeah. They're too big to be just one thing. And um, especially the older ones. I guess some of the newer ones are more open to interpretation. Um, but some of, or, or some of the newer ones maybe still have one defined personality versus some of the older ones where it's just... I think the only one that it'd be hard to say like I is like maybe Superman has one thing that Superman always is and that's just the best of us or something to aspire to. And right. if you don't put Superman as being the best of us and something to aspire to, then you don't understand Superman. But <laughs> beyond that, it's hard to say. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I feel like for me, like I've always loved comic characters, but the things that got me into comic books were 90s mm -hmm. animation. You know, you think about the Spider-Man cartoon, the the Bruce Timm Batman cartoon, and then Justice League, yep. you know, later even the CG Green Lantern show that Bruce Timm did, like all that stuff. The 90s X-Men cartoon, which is getting like a revisit yep. on Disney+, Plus, which should be interesting with the original cast. Like all of that is what got me into comic books. Um, and then video games. You know, I loved the Maximum Carnage game for Super mm -hmm. Nintendo. I played the X-Men arcade game all the time. Like, I was more influenced on comic culture by its ad adaptations than the origin points. And I think it's why I like the MCU so much and why I found the light spots that I can in the DC, mm -hmm. EU. You know, I think the, it's easier for me to digest that stuff than going through issues and issues mm -hmm. of comics. And, like... What, I lo what I've loved about some of the recent MCU stuff is like Sh Shang-Chi is an excellent movie, period. But what makes it great is I can show that movie to my dad and except for a few things, he can enjoy that movie having no right. idea what came before yeah. it. And I want more of that stuff. What I love about Hawkeye as a show is it does make references to stuff that happened before. But the, for the most part, it's an isolated story. Mm -hmm that they give you the threads that you need to enjoy. Um, same with Loki, right? Yeah. Like Loki, you don't even need to know Loki's backstory. They give you the backstory in episode one or two, and then you're just off to the races. And I, and I want more of that yeah. from the media. Like the, that's why the Guardians game is so good. 
that said, I do like the interconnected story. I love that the MCU is all tied together also. So it's like a mixed I bag. I think it you know? can go think... too far. I think interconnectivity can go too far. And I think we've seen... I agree. Uh, I, uh, one thing Justin and I have speculated a lot about in this new phase of Marvel is they seem to be interconnecting more loosely where there may be yeah. more threads to follow where maybe if you aren't interested in this one thread that's going this one direction you can because it doesn't seem to me like anything from what we saw in falcon and the winter soldier unless they do something pretty drastic is going to connect to anything that's going on from WandaVision to Loki to Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Like those seem like two right. entirely different paths down, you know, different hiking trails to me, which I think is interesting because yeah. maybe I end up not being interested in, in where Shang-Chi goes after Shang-Chi. Like maybe that's a thread I don't want to follow anymore, but I still want to follow versus where they were in the first one where like, if you missed anything, you were just, you, you missed it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, it's it's curious. I'm curious to see how like they're going to they've officially said they're going to work in X-Men and Fantastic Four. And, you know, they are working on the new Blade movie, which got uh, a very brief cameo. In, That's uh, not a cameo. Like, yeah, well, it's a voice cameo. <laughs> yeah. It was Mahershala Via. Ali. It was yeah. still. <laughs> yeah. But like, I I'm curious to see what they do because like i wanted to like the eternals and i don't think it was a bad movie i think it just tried to do too much but like i'm interested in that story i'm interested in the greater galactic stuff too and so like i, I just i think you're right matt i think they are have a lot of threads going at once and i think ultimately it'll pay off because it may allow people to follow less mm -hmm. movies but still get what they want out of the mcu which i think ultimately is a good yeah. thing right like the one thing that I think the DCEU has done well is movies like Shazam and Birds of Prey and even Aquaman, you can watch without having seen any of the other stuff and enjoy. I love the Avengers ramp up. I think it was done very smartly to introduce all these characters, but I think also just doing one-off movies is also, fine too. And like, it's why I think yeah. suicide, the second Suicide Squad works as well as it does. I also think that they're trying this thing and it'll be interesting to see how it works, but they are trying it. They are... Uh, really, with when The Flash comes out later this year, they really are going to throw audiences into, guess what? You can have more than one version of the same character because The, ba yep. the Batman comes out in March and yep. Matt Reeves and the cast of The Batman just got to do whatever they wanted. They, are make, they made their yep. own movie that doesn't have anything to do with anything. And then later on in The Flash, it is this Flash that we saw in this Justice League movie. It is this Batman that right. we saw in... It's uh, Ben Affleck as, as Batman that we saw in these other movies. But guess what? It's also Michael Keaton's Batman that we saw in those two movies yep. a long time ago. While The Batman still comes out in, in March. And it's really going to be a crash course in something that, ner for, for general audiences, something that nerds have understood for a long time is it's you can tell more than one story at the same time with the same characters and get to pick which story is being told in a way that you want to consume. Yeah, totally. As long as they keep that kind of momentum moving forward for like for DC and Marvel films, we got mm -hmm. years of these kind of films that are going to just be kind of 
rampant or rampant throughout uh, most of uh, today's culture, or at least until the as next big stay, wave yeah. comes through that kind of takes it all out. Right, because I always say to everybody that's like, you know, because there's always the grumps that are like, oh, there's too many comic book sci-fi based movies and it's like well once upon a time they made about six million westerns and eventually everybody got tired of watching westerns and they went away so someday somebody will get you know someday people will get tired of watching superhero movies not me because i'm but the general audience the audience as a whole will get tired of it the same way Mm -hmm. they got tired of watching westerns and it'll go away and maybe you'll get a chance to watch what you like and you know that kind of stuff. <laughs> maybe westerns know. come back maybe westerns do come back who knows <laughs> eh. actually they kind of have that's kind of what the mandalorian and book of boba fett are they're just yeah i mean the mandalorian absolutely was yeah. that for sure yeah totally i think they've come back just in different mm-hmm. ways i mean we did have some like there was cowboys and aliens there was mm-hmm. you know uh, true grit like they, they still come out i just think probably and oh, then there was grit, one with a one. with an incredible uh there was an incredible netflix one with oh Alba yeah that I, didn't get to I, see. I don't remember the name of it but i, I know I what you're talking about but that one also mm-hmm. like so like they're still around they're just they are now less frequent. They're not the only. They're right. not ubiquitous in the way superhero right. films are. All right. Well, we've probably rambled on for enough here now at this <laughs> point, and everyone has probably gotten what they want. So before we we head out, I want Matt. You listed them at the beginning, and now I want you to list them at the end. I want you to just tell everybody where they can find you and and all that good stuff. Well, first, Matt, Justin, I want to thank you for having me on the show. Uh, I am a fan, and this was a delightful. It felt like we were just hanging out in someone's living room, having One a couple of drinks, and chatting about that stuff, which is my favorite thing to. One day we could do someday. Yeah. We can only hope. But uh, but yeah, I am Matt, aka Storm again, otherwise known as Matt Storm. I am uh, everywhere on the internet at DJ underscore Storm again. Um, you can find links to all of my podcasts, my Twitch stream, my Kofi, my merch store, all at djstormageddon.com. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much if you type DJ underscore Stormageddon into Google, you'll find cool. me. Um, all of my podcasts are available uh, at certainpov.com or wherever you get your podcasts. They are CPOV Autographs, Reignite, Screen Snark, and Fun and Games. Um, again, also really Googleable. Um and yeah, I mean, if you want to interact with me online, the best place is the hellscape we call Twitter, which is, again, I am DJ underscore Stormageddon. Um, and I've started recently Twitch streaming again quite a bit. I'm doing a Kirby retrospective. Kirby is one of my favorite Nintendo nice. franchises. So I've been playing that over on Twitch, and that's been a lot of fun. But uh, but yeah, just just holler at me wherever you, wherever you find me. Uh, I love interacting about nerd stuff. Uh, I never get tired about talking about video games, comic books, and movies. So uh, come find me on the greater internet highway. Nice. Well, cool. Thanks. And uh, we don't have a fancy sign off like you do. We just we just we just do this. We go later. Later. Bye. The Two Broke Geeks podcast is a production of Two Broke Geeks Entertainment and is part of the Atomic Geekdom Network. If you have not already subscribed wherever you get your podcasts, please do so. It really helps us out. Also, what really helps us out is if you could leave us a review. We really do appreciate it. Find us online on Facebook. Just look for Two Broke Geeks. Find us on Instagram, 2BGPod, and on Twitter, at 2BGPod. Find Atomic Geekdom online at AtomicGeekdom.com or on Twitter, at Atomic Geekdom. Thanks. Oh, 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 oh,
Oh, it's over. It's over. <laughs>